Morning, Gary. Morning, Marianne. Need a menu? Nah, I'll just have the usual. You sure do love your eggs and coffee, Gary. Best way to start your morning, Marianne. Well, that and an issue of Town and County. What's that? Town and County is a new comic series written and drawn by cartoonist Alex Nall. He's that guy that wrote them books about teaching and that Mr. Rogers feller. Oh, he was such a nice man. The first issue is 36 pages of black and white comic stories with beautiful color covers and features six stories about folks in our little township here in Illinois. Like Susie Barber, the house cleaner that uncovers her client's dirty laundry, if you know what I mean. And Stanley Pepper, that big feller that just lost his job and took to drinking every night at Bugs's Tavern. Well, ain't that something. Town & County is published by Ivy Terrace Press, headquartered in Chicago. Chicago? Who would want to live there? So dirty. Each issue comes with a copy of The Hometown Hero, our little town's newsletter, and it's only $8. $8? Where can I get it, Gary? You can order a copy of Town & County on the internet at storeenvy slash alexnallcomics. Oh, there's your breakfast, Gary. Thanks, Mary Ann. <sniffs> ah, nothing like a cup of coffee and a good comic book. Hey, Gutter Gang. Cam here to tell you about Soggy Landing again, longtime supporter of the podcast. They recently sent us printed copies of the first three chapters to review and are currently posting Chapter 4 online with updates on Instagram. And while I personally haven't seen any of Chapter 4 since I don't read webcomics, I can tell you the first three chapters are really fun to read and full of weed-smoking wizards and hijinks. They've also been contributors to Rust Belt Review issues 3 and 4 with some soggy side stories, so make sure to check those out too. You can read Soggy Landing over on Study Group Comics and over on Instagram at Ian Densford or at welcome underscore two underscore soggy underscore landing soggy landing hell yeah dude Athenium Comic Art is an original art website for some of the best cartoonists in the business. They currently represent Remy Boydell, Marie Capel France, Nicole Gu, Jonathan Hill, Emma Hunsinger, Casey Nowak, Micah Song, and Tilly Walden. Athenium Comic Art gives fans the opportunity to own original piece of art from their favorite comics and support the artists that they love. In their short time in business, they've already shipped many iconic pages out to hardcore fans across the globe. Don't miss out on your chance to own a one-of-a-kind piece of history. Check out their website atheniumcomicart.com and type in gutter gang at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order again the website is atheniumcomicart.com and the code is gutter gang prosecution outlined how accounting what fuck what, what kind of likeness is that if they were great artists they'll be in a museum I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now.
and welcome back to gutter boys episode 76 uh gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the you just do it bro i i need to write i really do need to write this shit down like it's impossible. how many episodes now man 76 come on. man come on but you've only been doing it for probably 70 yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. All right. Gutter Boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins, the outs, the highs, and the very deep endless lows of making comics. I'm mm-hmm. your host, JB, with my co-host, Cam. And that's how you do it, Cam. There it is. All right. That's how I'm you fucking that do it. For the next one. I'm going to surprise you. All right. All right. All, All right. right. On this episode, we are joined with, uh, where is he based out of again? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island right Providence, now. Providence. We're keeping it professional. All right. Providence, yeah. Rhode Island based cartoonist, artist, illustrator, overall pretty cool dude. Uh, Ryan Alves. Tall motherfucker. Or Ryan Alves. Sorry. I don't know why I want to make it like like Latino. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Hell yeah. It, anyways, Providence, Rhode Island, based. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Alves. Uh, yeah, real good dude. Uh, he's uh, We've had him sort of on. We, we've read his like ads and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's been a he's been a Patreon subscriber. Yeah. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, yeah, uh, Bubblegum Maelstrom is the book that I believe we were uh, popping off about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and since then, he's done like 20 books or something. I don't know. He, he does a lot of work. Yeah, we talk about him all. We got the Christmas before, the gift. I mean, I've got like literally like he did a Batman bootleg called Mustache. I've probably got like 10 of this dude's comics. So nice, nice. Whole stack. Yeah, yeah. So we get into detail about that, how he got into comics and the shadow uh, of Fort Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> And working in it. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's it. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you after the break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we got stuff to plug. All right. Yeah. We're going to plug a couple things here, but this is going to be kind of short. Um, shout outs will return next episode. We got a couple of those. We're just going to let a couple more things trickle in. Actually, I do have to say this about shout outs. Listen, folks, uh, I had two packages try to get delivered. Well, I didn't try to get delivered, but I had two slips in my mailbox that said uh, postage due. Uh, someone tried to send you some shit and they didn't pay enough postage. Look, I'm really sorry if you sent us some stuff, but I'm not going to the post office to pay shipping costs. So if you do want to ship us stuff, we definitely appreciate it, but um, definitely put enough shipping on it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming what probably happened there is you tried to ship at media and they were like, oh, these are comics. So technically some post offices can throw that shit away. But yeah, if you send us stuff, just, you know, put enough postage on it or, you know, just make sure it gets to us. All right. See, this is why we need a sponsor like Stamps. Yeah, th- this is true. This is true. Stamps.com. Yeah, yeah. I don't use them. I use pirate ship. Fuck stamps.com. Well, I use ShipStation and they are tied in with stamps. So I de- I technically have a stamps account. Is ShipStation like free or do you pay monthly for it? You have to pay, but it nah, makes dude, things go, a lot go easier. Go to pirate ship, bro. You don't pay pirate for that. Ship? Yeah, it's pirateship.com. You don't pay for it. And they just give you discounted postage rates. They do the whole organizational thing where it's like, oh, I had 46 size small. This package weighs 4.3 ounces or whatever. And it prints all the labels for you. It integrates with your web store. It rocks and it's free. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, in terms of stuff we want to plug, Cam, you have a new. Well, it's not technically new. It's not new. new, Look, I know some motherfuckers. It's like a third reprint, right? Yeah, it's like five. And it's look, it's the design that never dies because every time I print it, People will get them, and then I get bombarded with DMs like the week that everybody starts getting them. Like, hey, do you have any more of these? And I'm like, I'll just run them later on. Just you know, keep us so, so until people stop asking for them. 
I guess they'll come around in different colors, but this time uh, I am donating $5 of every sale to Planned Parenthood. Um, I've already donated over 500 bucks to them, um, so thank you for the uh, pre-orders so far. They are running until Tuesday, May 24th. Uh, you can pick up a shirt. It's available in tie-dye, uh, sapphire, which is kind of pretty much teal, and uh, classic white, uh, black screen print, camdelrosario.bigcartel.com. Uh, I expect to have those in about three weeks to a month. Um, I'm going to try to get it in right behind JB's large order that he just sent in. Um, I'll be sending off the pre-order next Tuesday. So uh, you have until then. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody that has bought one so far. Mm-hmm. And I know you did a tie-dye because Josh Pettinger is like, you need to do you need to do a tie-dye, mate. Yeah, well, the, the little Zoomer kids, uh, they were saying tie-dye's out. And then Josh was like, tie-dye is in, man. Of course, because he's like in his 40s. Why are you listening <laughs> to Josh Pettinger? Why? Like... <laughs> no, tie-dye's back in, though, I think. Good. Well, I've no. sold more tie-dye it was, than anything It was else. in for like two minutes, and now it's not. I don't know, man. My sales say different right now. All right, all right. The top seller. Over 100 tie-dye shirts. All right. But, um, yeah, no. Um, for real, though, uh, yeah, I, don't, I won't rock tie-dye. Um, <laughs> but people, I guess, like it, so, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, I have uh, hats. In my web store, morecrimpmedia.bigcartel.com. Follow Very us nice on hats. Instagram, morecrimpmedia, yada, yada. Yeah, uh, we got, uh, let's see, we got uh, Satrial's pork store hat and a uh, Bada Bing hat. Both yeah. dad hats. Very simple, very straightforward, very classy. Got to keep it classy. Also, I just want to say real quick that, um, you know, I know that we have some crossover uh, listeners. Also, I heard about the war that Ramon started about the gutter boys in the Mexican Tayo Discord. So, uh, if you're on our side, thank you. But he started war- a war. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you? What do you do? He was shit talking us, and then I, I didn't see it. Uh, he was talking about it in the chat. But what I want to get at is Ramon. He's playing was like, both sides. Yeah, he's playing both sides. Yeah. But what I wanted to get at was Ramon, you're all's leader, you mfers, as he likes to call you all. Your leader told me in the group chat, he was like, yeah, those hats are hard. JB's hats are hard. I had to order the Satriano's hat. Poser. Satriano's? What the fuck is Satriano's? But that's okay, Ramon. (laughs) You'll get the hat. I hope you can read it, bro. Fake fan. Fake Fake fan. Fake fan. Your leader's a fake fan. Damn. Damn. Yep. Fake fan. Satriano's. What is that? He's going to say it's a typo, (laughs) but that wasn't a typo. He wasn't in the right mind space. No. He, he, and and uh, he yeah. had the audacity to say it was a real Tony move, me buying that. Because he thinks he's the Tony of the chat. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. He doesn't even know the, the pork store's name. Damn. Satriano's. <laughs> was, he th- was he thinking of of the pizza place? That pizza chain was a... Uh, Sabaros? Sabaros? Or, <laughs> even if he know. was, it's still wrong. Yeah, I don't know what the hell was There's going probably on an there. Italian joint near him called Satriano's or something, and he was uh, confused. Maybe. But still, don't say it's a Tony move if you don't know the name of the pork store. I didn't tell him this in the chat, by the way. Um, oh, why not? Because, you should have. No, I, I didn't, because then he'd come up with some like fucking trick answer to why he did it. <laughs> Like, he'd say, well, if you look in the pilot, it actually said this on the sign or some shit. No, there's no way he could talk his way out of that. Yeah. So, we got you, bro. Let's see. Let's see if this makes it to your Discord. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And uh, what else? Oh, I know some people uh, in the past had hit me up about reprinting another shirt that I did back in 2016. It was actually for a fundraiser. So, I didn't get any money from that. I made not a single dime. So, I figured, you know what? Let's try that again. Let's and make this some dimes. Time, let's make some dimes. Yeah, yeah. why not? Uh, it is the uh, Uncut Gems t-shirt featuring uh, the uh, the star of the film, played by Adam Sandler. 
Howie Ratner, and the shirt design is modeled off of an existing vintage Kevin Garnett shirt. Uh, so, you know, to tie it all in, as they say. Uh, yeah, so that'll be up for pre-order, I want to say at the end of this month, around the time when I start shipping out all of the previous pre-orders, the Thing shirts. By the way, thank you to everyone that got one. That was a, a very, very popular design. Yeah, you had Asian distribution open up on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, a friend of the show, Adam. Those are on sale, right? Still in... I believe they are, yes. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are not based out of the U.S. and you missed out on those Thing shirts, uh, go to dismantle, D-I-S-M. A-N-T-L-E dot BigCartel.com. My buddy Adam runs that shop, and uh, he will hook you the fuck up. He's a good dude. So international shipping, skip it. Just go see Dismantle. Yeah, he will He will ship them internationally directly from Tokyo, Japan, where he lives. And uh, so if you want those and you missed them, uh, get on it. I don't know how long they're going to be available for, probably for less than a week. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not sure. I'm guessing here. So yeah, if you hear this, uh, just hop on there real, real quick on, on the double get that shirt and uh yeah and then the how uh howie ratner shirts those will those will drop at the end of the month i'm sure i'll make some kind of announcement on my instagram feed and on twitter at more crimp jr so yeah all right uh yeah so that's enough uh shilling for yeah. one episode patreon.com forward slash gutter boys you know what to do gutterboys.top yep, all right up. uh we're gonna take a quick break and when we return we will be joined with ryan alves so stay tuned We'll be right back. 73 minutes before you die, your eyes turn a vibrant violet. There is no action to reverse this ocular ticking clock toward death. Less than an hour and a half to live, what would you do? Welcome to the world of Purple Eyes. 32 creators bring you 18 stories of humor, heartache, and humility, with tales from some of the top creators in indie comics, such as Valeria Araya, Llewellyn Polanco, Mario Candelaria, and Philip Myra. Now on Kickstarter until June 15th. Physical and digital copies of the book are available as well as custom commissions and the opportunity to be drawn into several stories. Get your copy of the summer's most talked about anthology at Purple Eyes on Kickstarter or at PurpleEyesComic.com. The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29, as she travels the ruined world finding ways to survive and help humanity while dealing with the eminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky. Her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated waste Land? Every issue can be read for free on BusterCagle.com slash comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but, you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out. Tired of the same old ads? Talking about being tired of the same old comics? Why not try Clusterfuck's Comics number four instead? The fourth issue of Clusterfuck's Comics is now available, featuring comics from some of the coolest creators around. Creators like Jason Cavelli, Eric Jasek, Anna Peterson, Stu Nod, Tony DePasquale, Umberto Tonella, Drewby Hall, Cameron Zavala, Alex DeKaiju, and so many more. Get your issue now at clusterfuckscomics.bigcartel.com. Also, be sure to keep an eye out for a special free comic book day issue of Clusterfucks Comics May 7th at the following stores. Floating World Comics, Quimby Chicago, Escape Pod Comics, Gutter Pop Comics, and Collector's Paradise North Hollywood. 
Clusterfucks Comics. Comics you can clusterfucks with. Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short-form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums, M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. to our program. back from the break and we are joined with our guest for this evening ryan alves ryan how you doing hey i'm doing pretty good just getting ready for work in my post uh, post breakfast bliss i guess hell yeah what'd you have for breakfast let's get it out of the way <laughs> uh it's a it's a pretty big operation i do like a, a fruit smoothie with like bananas and berries and spinach and shit and then uh i usually do like some eggs and uh some more spinach and uh you know like hummus or some kind of sauce if i got it but are uh, you eating like the same thing every day like are you like yeah, on some kind of like meal yeah. plan type deal yeah i gotta i gotta do this kind of like two hour routine so that i can function throughout the rest of the day because like i'm a i'm a pretty big dude so i can't like run on just like uh like coffee or water or anything without just evolving into a giant baby right 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 are you uh working out and shit too uh i try to because also just like being as tall as i am i'm kind of like waiting for my body to like betray me every day right and uh yeah so i do some like stretching and you know I don't go too hard. Like, I don't go to the gym or anything, but I have, like, dumbbells and stuff that I throw around. How tall are you? I'm, like, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Damn, bro. So, I'm about to, like, be jumping to high-five you <laughs> on the retreat. Wait, who's taller, you or Nate? Uh, I am by, like, two inches or maybe Yeah, three. I was going to say. Yeah, when he when he picked me up uh, for the winter retreat, he was, you know, in his, like, mint green soul like clown car or something like that and he like came out and he was actually like you know pretty big and uh yeah it was, it was nice to have a, a fellow large person around you know yeah we uh we were gonna have you on the show like uh later in the year because we knew we would be recording interviews with everybody on the uh on the retreat but uh big nate uh <laughs> first ever Geisner recipient messaged <laughs> yeah, us yeah. and was like, I know I don't ask you all for much, but you all need to have, have Ryan Alves on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we moved you up because of Big Nate. Oh man, that's awesome. That's yeah, a, it's yeah. a really great, uh, great person to kind of like vouch on my behalf, you know? Yeah. I'm actually like really pissed that he's not going to be on the retreat. Um, <laughs> the two strikes you're out retreat rule should not count for that guy. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's just me. But um, yeah, enough of the uh, the small talk here. Let's go ahead and get into the meat of uh, why we're here. Uh, Ryan, you do make comics, and um, you know you've been sending us your stuff for years. Uh, Bubblegum Maelstrom. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that second word right. And then um, 
you recently sent over a couple more, you know, The Gift and uh, The Christmas Before, and I've got a stack of your work here, but I mean, I've known of you for the past few years, but when I got your stuff, it seemed pretty fully developed. So I'm assuming you've been doing this for a while. How long have you been doing this? I mean, I've I've pretty much been like making comics since like high school, probably like freshman year or so. But I've only really been like printing books uh, for the last like eight years, I'd say. Are you in your like late twenties, early thirties? How old are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm thirty two. I'm gonna be thirty three in June. So oh, okay, yeah. So you and I, you were born in eighty nine as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, hell yeah. So you said you were making comics in high school. Were you reading them like before high school? Have they always been part of your life? Or uh, yeah, your I mean, relationship with my, my older brother had uh, had like a lot of the early like McFarlane figures and stuff like that. So uh, you know that was always kind of like a weird backdrop. And I grew up on you know like the Tim Burton, Michael, or Michael Keaton, and Jack Nicholson like Batman movie, and sort of like started my nerddom there, but. Like as I as I got older, I, I didn't really make my way back to comics until yeah, probably like middle school or high school, and like my older brother had some medieval spawns lying around, and uh, those like Liam Sharp issues were just like I don't know, like really striking as far as uh, just the books I was coming across at that time, and uh, you know had a pretty big impact. But yeah, it was it was more just like the I guess like the culture of like Batman shit in, in the '90s that kind of got me into comic or comic related stuff and then uh you know once i like got older and started to like draw a little bit more often and try to push myself like creatively um i started you know just like drawing fight scenes basically for 10 pages and uh the older i got the the more comics i would pick up and sort of the more experimenting i would do and uh yeah they sort of integrated themselves into a bigger part of my life since like dropping out of art school and stuff and trying to, I don't know, validate my own existence as a, as an artist. How many years of art school did you manage to finish before dropping out? Uh, two. And, uh, I shouldn't have even done that. <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't learn anything or because of the loan shit? Uh, pretty much both. Like I got okay. more from the people I like hung out with and like drank with than I did from any of the kind of like stuck up old head fine artists that were working there they had like a, a running kind of dig that were that was like if you uh if you didn't want to make like real art you could just drop out of school and make comics and i was like well i guess i'll just fucking do that i'm gonna be your statistic yeah exactly <laughs> i'll be that guy uh it's Montserrat's in beverly it's a pretty small like art school it's in a beautiful town super deranged but uh it's like right next to salem and right on the beach and yeah, it's, it was a beautiful, like very drunken two years, but, uh, yeah, just a huge waste of money. And yeah, I made some like really good friends and stuff, but I, I don't recommend art school to anybody. So did you end up like, uh, changing paths and doing another kind of, uh, you know, like set of studying or did you just drop out completely? Oh, I just, I just dropped out completely. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I guess I'm same. going back into the restaurant industry. And I did that for a couple of years, but then, uh, a friend of mine got me a job, uh, suction harvesting. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like scuba diving to weed lakes and shit. Whoa, that's a sick kind of job, I bet. Yeah, it was it was the best probably three years of my life, just like living underwater and being like perpetually soggy. 
But uh, how many fucked up ass fish did you see? Oh, so many, dude. And they like kind of circle you while you're under there. So, you know, you're down there yeah, with like no. a big ass hose and like all these other like tubes and shit. So you can breathe and like shovel weeds into this thing. But uh, if you like clear out the like soot, the circle of soot that you're in, like there's a bunch of fish just hanging out, like looking at whatever's happening. And, uh, you know, they swim away, like if you get near them, but. They don't go very far, and they'll just, like, turn back around and, like, look at you. It's super surreal. So how deep are you uh, working? Uh, we never really went further than, like, 15 or 20 feet. So I didn't that's have to get, crazy. Like, certified or anything. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, did you get any they-them pussy before you dropped out? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but, Damn. I mean... You He's know, still that, talking that, to that, us in a live, okay. so no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, say, if you're paying that tuition, you so. might as well. yeah no yeah no they're not they're not seeing any of that money fuck fuck so that was near salem massachusetts yeah yeah okay but you're in spooky you're in rhode (laughs) island right am i tripping or yeah yeah i'm in providence now okay okay that's is that where you're from or um i'm originally from connecticut so i've I've pretty much been in new england my, my whole life but the part of connecticut that i'm in is like or was in is like very uh very quiet and very farmland and very dull. Just kind of like old people waiting to die or like young people like who are children of those old people waiting to die. And uh, just the super, super weird vibes wherever I've lived. And uh, it's kind of given me this weird like haunting of like New England. It's like a very spooky area. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of history there. Do you like that area, though? I mean, you kind of kicked around there for a while. Do you think you'll ever move from there, or do you like where you're at? Uh, I mean, I really like Providence. Like, it's a it's a pretty homey city, and our, there's a bunch of cartoonists here. We're just all kind of reclusive. Don't make it out very much, but I think that's kind of the general consensus everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see, I don't know, the West Coast, or I'd like to go to Chicago or something. But, I don't know, I'd have to, I'd have to justify the move with, like, a, a decent job. I guess that would be my my one uh, be the one thing that would like keep me keep me here is just like this cake job surprisingly has like benefits and a four hundred one k and it's just like no other restaurant I've ever worked at so it's like all right do I quit and try to take a chance on you know becoming a professional cartoonist which is a stupid idea or do I like stick around and work three days a week so that I can casually make comics without you know much stress yeah yeah. I might be wrong, but was Fort Thunder in Rhode Island? Yeah. Yeah. Fort Thunder was like probably five years, six years before I got here. And it was like starting to fizzle out. Okay. Gotcha. Is there any kind of remnants of that that you feel in the scene? Uh, Yeah, actually. Paul Lyons, uh, Hidden Fortress, um, was like running a comic shop with another bud for a little bit. And I like met him there and uh yeah we became like buds and just like, i picked up a couple early like screw jobs like right from him <sighs> i mean i see brian chippendale around he's like still playing and like making stuff and he's got like a baby now so he's like this funny you know punk dad figure uh around yeah. town but yeah i mean i don't know fort thunder is it's kind of cast like a big shadow and like you know people i feel like are still kind of pining for those days because a lot of the mill spaces are getting you know sort of bought up and refurbished and turned into fucking condos and stuff and studios and uh you know the grit isn't quite there anymore or like isn't in the places i guess that they used to be but uh Mm -hmm. i don't know there's still there's still pretty good energy uh around providence as far as like 
a scene, I guess. And that's where RISD is, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, I mean, RISD, RISD's weird too, because like they have an entire cartooning department, but I've only met probably like three cartoonists from RISD, like in the wild. You know, it's like very uh, insulated. Yeah, the only thing that uh, I'm familiar with about RISD is that there's like a prominent music scene out of there. Yeah, yeah. The, the feel, I feel like it turns out more like bands than it does cartoonists. Yeah, you're right, right. But that's just, I don't know. I also, I, I'm not like a great reference because I don't make it out very much because I'm also just under a rock, like making comics most of the time if I'm not like working. But uh, I don't know, I'm hoping to like spread my wings a little bit in the next like year or two now that I've like, I don't know, given up on <laughs> thinking that we're going to do anything about COVID or, uh, you know. <laughs> right, though. <laughs> just fucking anything. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, I just got to adapt and hope I survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, fuck it, I guess. <laughs> YOLO, as so, the kids used to say. Right, yeah. So, let's go ahead and just get into the, uh, you know, meat of it. Um, I know you said that you're kind of living under a rock and just making comics, and you said you're only working three days a week. Are you working on comics the other four? What's your schedule looking like and, uh, you know, your work rate? Yeah, I, I, tried, I tried to, uh, well, the last few weeks I've been kind of, courting two jobs trying to get like a full-time position at, at one or the other so i've been doing like five or six day weeks that have kind of kept me from finishing the most recent book that i've wanted to finish but um generally speaking i, I try to like only give three days away to like my day job so that i can work at least three days on like comic stuff and then have like a day to just like relax or something and uh yeah i'm, I'm i guess i'm relatively prolific or like i try to stay relatively like just busy um and you know kind of having a, a job that pays well enough to not take up all my time is hugely important but um yeah i don't know i i uh i think i stay pretty busy and i generally would try to work at least like three days a week you know like on comic stuff exclusively let me ask you, we like to talk finances here and a lot of people, you know, um, do message us and, you know, ask, you know, hey, you know, how do you make this work? So are are you just like, did you just find this like diamond in the rough that you're making enough to like pay your bills off three days of work a week? Or are you actually supplementing your income with like other revenue like art? Yeah, no, like this is a total fucking like godsend sort of uh, okay. diamond. And uh, yeah, this is the first time it's happened in, in my entire life. Just like, and I'm not living lavish or anything but like between working three days you know trying to get a tabling event in around town or something like that where i can make i don't know 100 bucks like trying to sell books and um just like selling stuff online or whatever like i've managed to make some kind of like living not giving away my full-time schedule you know yeah no that's amazing and you know like i just recently you know i'm gonna start I'm working on comics and I'm, you know, thinking about how to put out more and the volume that you put out, you know, I was, I was wondering, you know, if like, it seems like, you know, you put out so much that I just assumed that there was like, you know, some income coming in constantly for you. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have to talk about that if you're uncomfortable. Oh, no, no. That, I mean, course, it's, but. it's, uh, it's like enough to cover, to cover rent and bills, like Hell weed yeah. and comics. And then my buddy Walker, who runs the, uh, 
Providence Comics Consortium does a lot of like work trade with me. So okay. like the gift is that a shop? What is that? It's um it's kind of like a comics youth outreach thing in Providence mm-hmm. where he does a bunch of like fun drawing activities um, at like schools and libraries for kids and adults to just kind of like limber up their brain elasticity when it comes to like drawing and stuff. And he's got like a Rizo and a screen printing setup and just does. He just kind of like is a helper and kind of beacon of productivity around Providence. And uh, he printed uh, Bito and the gift for me and has like a bookmaker that, you know, stapled and folded it. So like all I had to do was get the covers made and then I brought him to his studio and I just like made him there. And he's been kind of like a huge resource for just like getting a lot of the getting a lot of my work out there like he's one of the dudes that like paid me for comics or one of the first dudes to pay me for comics ever if like not one of the only ones but he's just like a really great uh kind of resource in the providence comics community and he's been doing that for a while because I've, I've never heard of this place yeah or is yeah this like a, he's yeah. uh he's been oh god he's been in providence i think for the last like last 15 years or so maybe 20 okay yeah, he's not as, like, big as I would, like, hope he would be, because, like, he prints a lot of, like, kids' comics, He uh, he's done a bunch of stuff with, like, Tom Toy and, like, Chippendale and, like, Mickey's Achille and, like, you know, every everybody on the scene kind of, like, in Rhode Island at least, like, knows Walker and is, like, familiar with, like, his, his stuff, but, uh, yeah, he just, I mean, and he kind of lives off his comics i mean he lives off of like you know grants and stuff i think but um you know he's just he's doing a lot of uh like community outreach and uh yeah i'm just just grinding constantly and i just like want him to be so successful so that he doesn't have to like work as hard as he does yeah for sure i mean anytime i hear i don't know why like i guess it's like indicative of like where we're at but anytime i hear of anyone like trying to uh you know make outreach programs with comics and stuff. It just blows my mind because like those things do exist and you know, I definitely acknowledge them, but they're so few and far between. Or when you go to a a city like Columbus, like, you know, you did for the retreat and it's such like a comic centric town or at least the bubble you're in is, you know, like it's always amazing to me when you find individuals trying to make that shit happen or, you know, places where that is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he really, uh, just down to help and is just like a great, a great, a great dude to kind of have in the chamber for, uh, a kind of limping comic scene right now in the in the wake of a Fort Thunder type thing, you know? Well, you said limping comic scene. Is that just, like, how you're seeing it? Or is yeah, like I mean, does it just kind of feel like a ghost town? Like, you know, not to say, yeah. oh, this is right or wrong. I'm just not familiar, you know? Yeah, no, just, like, in the last... Like, since I've been here, like, I've been in Providence for about, like, almost 10 years now. And uh, when I first got here, there was, like, a, a thing called the Ripe Expo, which is, like, the Rhode Island Independent, you know, Comics Expo or something. But, um... Like Michelle Fife. I figured it was just uh, named after how Comic-Con smell. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but, like, you know, that, that first thing, like, I had just moved to Providence. There was this great independent convention. Uh, Michelle Fife was there. Heather Benjamin was there. There was just, like, a, a bunch of, like, kind of statist cartoonists in my brain, anyway. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, this place is, like, kind of happening still. And... Since it's, I mean, it's died down significantly since like COVID and stuff like that. But even in the couple of years beforehand, there the Ripe Expo went away. The, I mean, it it it, all, it changed into a, like a smaller like Zine Fest or something. But it just doesn't seem, I don't know, as like lively as it, as it was when I first got here. 
Now, are you tabling at events pretty regularly? Because you did say that you try to, you know, seek out events. Like, are you tabling at like just in Rhode Island, or are you like, you know, making little drives, yeah, you know, a I, few hours out? I, uh, I I don't have a car, so I'm I'm pretty okay. immobile. But there's like art markets and flea markets and stuff around Providence pretty regularly, especially in the like summer and spring months uh, that I try to like make it out to. But you know those are also pretty like hit or miss and I'll either have like a decent day where I'll make like a hundred bucks or like I'll have a day where it's just people looking for like crafts or old clothes or something like that and not make any money. But you know, that's the rub. Right, right, right. All right. So going back to art school, at what point did you realize that it wasn't for you and that you were better off just kind of doing comics on your own? Um, pretty much by like the, the end of the first year, and uh it was like you know them kind of telling everybody about like the foundational year and then the second year you get to like pick your major or whatever and i had taken a couple years off after high school to just like not go to school or like do anything for a little bit and um by the time i got there i was kind of hoping that like my portfolio would i don't know put me farther along or something like that just because I was a vaguely competent artist and uh, you know I had to jump through the same like hoops and stuff like that as everybody else is doing like life drawing and stuff but when I got to like pick my major or whatever or like got to start the process of picking my major I um, was kind of like pushed away from comics and you know just the whole kind of vibe around comics at the school wasn't really conducive to uh i don't know the life that i was trying to like make for myself with like my art practice and stuff at that time and i hadn't like really made any books at that point yet but i had been kind of aspiring to be there eventually and uh it just was like painfully obvious by the time that i had like come back and was getting all this shit from these from like fine artists quote unquote about like comics and kind of the general uh i don't know ass backwardness of like their relationship with uh with a medium of art and it's just like all right you know this is not the brainwashing that i'm looking for so they were pushing back like you told them that you wanted to take classes for comics and they were just like oh you mentioned that you were like you know pushed away from it yeah i mean i was i was like like they offered one comics class that was taught by um Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Greg something. He did stuff for, like, the Phoenix. And um, super nice guy, but uh, it was a very, like, I don't know. It was a, it was a very, like, low low stakes um, comics class. And my, uh, I guess, educational comics career thus far was, like, the I went to, like, a pre-college program at SVA for three weeks that I got paid for by my, my high school and stuff. And that was just, like, three of the most grueling weeks of, like, you had to do a 10-page comic at the end of the three weeks. You had, like, a full life drawing course, a drawing on location course, and then a studio course with, like, Keith Mayerson and uh, Tom Hart and Nick Bertozzi. And they would just, like, turn a TV on, like, static. They'd have a radio playing, and they would just be, like, talking to you about, like you know, what your plan should be for, like, the next couple weeks or whatever while you're making this book. And uh, it was just, you know, a, a bloodbath. And, like, kids were, like, freaking out and having, like, huge meltdowns. But, like, at the end of it, they were like, hey, we don't make our second-year seniors do 10 pages in three weeks. So 
go make some fucking comics. And uh, that's kind of been my uh, my inner voice that's like keeping me busy. It's just like, hey, man, I know you've only did like a page in the last week, but remember that time you did those 10 pages in that three weeks? Like you should probably get back to it or something, you know? Mm. And what was your, I guess, like focus, um, you know, when you were building up to your major? Uh, illustration, predominantly. It was like illustration and okay. uh, fine art. I was doing some like abstract charcoal drawings and I don't know, sipping the yuppie Kool-Aid or something. Mm. And uh, mm. just like making, uh, I don't know, art with a capital A or something like art for galleries. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. So you, at some point, felt like you were making work for other people, not for yourself. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like I was, uh, you know, anteing into a very, like, ignorant scene, you know, and just, like, the mental gymnastics I was putting myself through to, like, make, quote-unquote, meaningful art or something just, like, wasn't worth it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that sounds very similar to what I, I mean, I, I got my degree, but, um, you know, two years into doing the fine art stuff, I, it broke me. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't do it yeah. anymore. Where, where'd you, where'd you go? Uh, USF in Tampa. Oh shit. Nice. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, when I was living in Chicago, uh, I was working for a gallery there and, uh, that's what really kind of broke, <laughs> broke me down, I guess, in terms of wanting to not really be involved in that scene. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, uh kind of how fast that that can happen yeah did, did you yeah. go to school yeah. uh cam i went to school for like filmmaking oh nice did like three years and i was like i'm not taking out more loans <laughs> um and i don't want to do this at all yeah so you know it, uh, i'm very anti-school but i don't know if i'm anti-school or anti going to school when you're fresh out of high school like you did the right yeah. thing and uh, waited a couple years, you know, I it's like if you tell a kid who has stars in their eyes or, you know, someone if there's any young listeners out there, any Zoomers and you all are, you know, wanting to go to school, take a year off for yourself. Go travel. Figure out what you really want because you don't have to do that shit. Yeah. And think about the, you know, $30,000 that you'll never see again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with an extra 20000 in interest compounded exactly. by the time you actually pay it off. Exactly. So, you know. Unless you can go for free. Well, that's all the writing Cam was on the smart. wall. <laughs> okay, yeah. Cam was smart. He he dropped out. He didn't finish. And then he just got his his Martin Scorsese glasses <laughs> yes. instead. Yeah. That's a lot, that's a lot cheaper <laughs> than finishing his degree. Just so, as legitimate that makes sense. As, a, as a degree. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I just had the, the path of, uh, oh, hey, storyboarding, that's comics. I like doing that. That's the best part. Yeah. Uh, paper's cheaper than buying film uh, or a camera, so let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah, easier to work with than actors, too, so. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, so going back to your comics, uh, like, what are you primarily pulling from? Like, what's your go-to in terms of, like, inspiration, the stuff that you're really into, and what, I guess, motivates you to make the work that you do? I mean, as far as like inspiration goes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of like getting my teeth like properly sunk into, um, like manga and stuff. And that's been a real kind of like brain blaster of just like storytelling diversity, I guess, or something. Uh, but like I just picked up Witches by, uh, I'm gonna fucking butcher this dude's name, uh, Daisuke Igarashi. <laughs> 
Is that the uh, book enough. with like the face like yeah, up on the cover? Yeah. Okay, I've been seeing that in people's feeds. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they they put out like a complete collection that I found for like eight bucks somewhere, and I was like, well, I can't not buy an eight dollar book that has 400 pages in it. And uh, right, right. That's been really amazing. Uh, yeah, I read Akira for the first time probably like five or six years ago, and that was just like a fucking religious experience. Um, I mean, Swamp Thing was kind of a pretty formidable book when I was first starting out. It was like, you know, John Toddleben, Steve Bissett, and like Richard Corbin that kind of like showed me the the lines between like being a good drawer and being like a good storyteller or like it's uh, like a good artist, you know, like people that can draw accurately without it being like stale or stiff and... Uh, just kind of aspiring to those impossible heights kind of keeps me keeps me going, keeps me humble. Or try, tries to keep me humble, you know. Well, and you work in a bunch of different genres, I feel like. So are you just like, you get an idea and you're just like, hey, this is a comic. Like, do you intentionally try to make all the work different from one another? Like, or is it like, um, what's your thought process? Because I feel like you're making genre comics, but each comic is like a different story. And I don't really see a lot of parallels through the stories cool. you tell. And I mean that in a cool, good way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like each book is vastly different from the other. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I'm still kind of making comics as like formal experiments because i don't know I, I, like the my final form in my brain is like uh the guy that did black sad mixed with like a sinkevich or uh or a toddle bin or something like that and you know i feel like the only way to to like even get near any of that stuff is just by you know stretching and trying to get as different of media like on papers as you can and sort of see where that like takes you and uh you know a lot of the times it's like kind of the medium itself that's kind of telling the or like telling me the story and um yeah i don't know i, I do a lot of like improvisational comics too so like i i very rarely sit down and am like oh i need to make this comic and i need to like write it down and like build it up so that it's a, a thing eventually and uh yeah i uh yeah i don't know they all just they, they all feel different because they all kind of are are totally different in my brain um or like just different phases of whatever period of comics making i'm in you know yeah for sure but yeah i don't, I don't know i uh yeah i'm just trying to like stretch i guess like i i keep meaning to try to do more concentrated work but it just it just keeps kind of like slipping through my fingers now are you working on multiple projects at one time or do you just like work on a book at a time yeah 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 I've, i generally have like uh three or four four books going at the same time and i'm not you know working on them simultaneously it's like i'll i'll get say you know a page or two done for one book and then like outline the next chunk and then put it down and then try to get like another book kind of to a similar similar spot so that i can like see what it looks like and have an idea of where it's going but then sort of abandon it and hope that when i come back i'll be you know doubly motivated to like push it somewhere else as i work on it yeah, so that's very fucking strange that you do that uh, to me. 
Because, like, do you not find yourself running into the issue that, like, oh, I did two pages here, but this was done two or three weeks ago, and I've drawn four different books that are completely different. So when you go work on this project, like, let's just call it Project A, like, yeah. is it hard to get back into that stylistic groove? Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it definitely kind of, like evolves and when when you mm-hmm. go back to it you, there's a level of like well this is totally different and you know i you kind of have to like get into it otherwise you'll uh be kind of like wrestling with yourself to try to get to wherever you were beforehand and uh right yeah i don't know i i, I think a part of me enjoys the uh sort of that disparate nature from like one page to another mm-hmm like, like mustache was drawn over the span of like four years, but only because I took three years off of working on it, you know? And then when I like came back to it, I was like, Oh my God, this is totally different than the first three pages or whatever. But I just kind of like ate it. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it, it has that kind of, uh, history like built in. And I, I kind of like that. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Are you doing a lot of like uh, pre-planning? What are, what's your like pre-planning looking like? Are you do are you thumbing everything out, or are you just like working in the moment? Oh yeah, yeah, no, just... I do I do tons of uh, thumbnails. Like thumbnails are probably my favorite part of the process outside of like inking it okay. and uh, yeah. just doing like inch by inch, like one inch by one inch uh, thumbnails are are just like incredibly pleasing to me because you know you get a lot of energy in there and I can like you know, draw it four or five times if I want to, and it's not a huge labor. But yeah, I generally like thumbnail a bunch of stuff and I'll have like a bunch of like, I don't know, sketches and uh, reference and I'll just like put it into a folder and then file it away with the rest of them. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, I try to, I try to stay, try to keep track of all the the plates that I'm spinning um, to various degrees of success. For sure. Alrighty, well, uh, we are going to go ahead and get into listener questions. And as always, if you want to participate with the show or ask our guests questions, uh, follow us on Instagram at gutterboyspod, or you can email us at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we usually put up questionnaires for our guests uh, before we record, and uh, we did get some. So, um, Amazing. Previous pimp of the year? No, I was, I was just very surprised that I got any questions, considering... <laughs> nah, man, you're good. You're good. It's all good. So, you, you're deserving of these questions, but... um. <laughs> The inaugural pimp of the year, uh, MS Harkness wrote in and asked, what are you most excited to get up to at the summer retreat? So I'll let you go first. And I actually kind of ask like uh, before we all answer this question, because I'm assuming that uh, MS is asking all of us here because we'll all three be there. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience like on the winter retreat? Oh. I know you all kind of had like a wrench thrown in like literally day of oh. and, and lost your fucking cabin. Yeah. I mean, it that, that was a monkey wrench, but it just like... I don't know. I I feel like it added to it because, you know, we all had to like operate as a group and, uh, you know, just like become closer friends than maybe we would have if we didn't have to like come together on this thing that we were all facing at the same time. But I had a, I had a fucking great time at at the winter retreat, like wholesale. And, uh, first part we were in like this little cabin and, you know, I, I thought I was like the only pothead out there the first time around and the first like couple of days i would like take smoke breaks and stuff like that and just like sketch myself out because i'm like oh my god i'm the only pothead here everyone thinks i'm some like (laughs) fucking waste or like some hippie or something and uh we had completely different experiences because literally when i first walked in within 10 minutes of being there i have this little bible that's like carved out and it has like a a lock and it has all my weed and shit but within 10 minutes of being there i just throw it on the kitchen table and i open it and i'm like who wants to smoke (laughs) nice 
Hell yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of where it ended, um, eventually. Yeah. Cause like, you know, Mike, uh, Mike Centeno came out and he like brought, he was like probably one of the only other people except for like Sam Zabo, Zab- Sam Zabo that like brought their own weed and stuff. And, yeah. uh, yeah, like once he came out and we were smoking and Sam came out and Eileen would join them sometimes. And, uh, my, like the, the end of the, the retreat, we were like all hanging out on the porch, just like six or eight deep, just like, smoking weed and stuff and uh hell yeah yeah i just i made a lot of really fucking amazing friends that i didn't think i could even do in you know a week and a half and uh like mike freiheit and mike centeno fucking nate like i mean every everybody at the retreat was just like amazing but we had like a a car group of uh yeah i think it was us us four and maybe andy wayland wayland but, you know, we would just be like the the car cluster that would go to like shops or random spots and just like hang out and just joke and just have a fucking great time. And uh, yeah, like every night I just like would just reflect on just how blissed out I was at like any given moment. Just like talking to Nate about like goofy fucking superhero shit or like weird 80s like superhero comics or like anyone else about just comics in general and like everyone started doing pinups for this uh the bat book that i was working on at the time and i'm still kind of working on um and that was like super encouraging just to see you know a bunch of people kind of like get into a goofy idea that i had had and turn it into like something even like better than i could have imagined um but yeah thank god for fucking ms and whatever motivational demon that's keeping her doing this stuff because it is so valuable i can't stress it enough it really is like uh an experience unlike anything else and you know you you mentioned that like uh you know bliss you just constantly found yourself in like and it is kind of crazy you know you just we're all connected online and we hit the heart on each other's posts and we see each other at shows but i mean how long are those conversations that we're having at shows you know i mean yeah so it really is such a valuable experience. And I think, you know, just kind of answer the question that MS sent in, that is what I'm looking forward to is just hanging. I mean, I know that sounds so lame, but I mean, <laughs> it's being in the company of other people like you. I mean, we're yeah. all similar and it's very rare that you get, you know, this is literally, it's kind of like a think tank, man. It's like the, <laughs> not the world's most powerful minds, but some minds meeting up and hanging out in the same room. And it really is inspiring. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're still riding that high, but I was like on a high for like a month or so after. Yeah. I can't tell really if it's wild. like a high or just like a festering depression, just being like, oh man, I miss all of that and like i mean not not a festering depression that's that's a little dramatic but no i get what you're saying there was definitely like a slump when i got back and i was just like well here i am like hundreds of miles from all these people and like back to fucking grinding you know Right. Yeah. It made me like, I, I was literally, I was like, like, you know, I was gassed up to move to Columbus for like a yeah, week after. I was yeah. like, I got to go back. And it's like, fuck, I'm moving, moving there just for the Billy Ireland Museum. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, it just seems like such a well tight knit community and being in Columbus again. Columbus is like the most welcome. I'll say this, like, uh, before we went on the retreat last year, MS was like, they're going to roll out the red carpet for you all. And I was like, quit lying, quit lying. <laughs> Ain't no red carpet in co- comics. But that's the closest you can get, I think, is Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, hell yeah. And the way they treat people. Yeah, I mean, just, like, getting that access to, like, original art. Like, when we showed up and there was, like, 
I don't know, Spain Rodriguez pages just like raw on a li- on a library table next to like original yeah. Simon Hanselman's and just like, you know, f- like a framed Calvin and Hobbes or two and like an original Michael William Kaluta page. And it's just like, what the fuck? Do you people just live around this thing? Like, I, would, uh, I was just like so tempted to just like eat every page that I saw just to like have it with me forever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, JB, what are you looking forward to, bro? Uh, getting out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's fucking real. I, I said it earlier, but I'm not happy about Nate not being there. I'm not happy about this. I'm really yeah. not happy about this. So I know you're listening, mess. I'm not happy. <laughs> this this two strikes you're out thing. I don't. I think we should bend those rules. We just can't tell anybody. Maybe he'll just show up. Yeah, he better. Nate, if you're listening, show up, bro. Just come through. You can you can sleep in our room on the floor if you have to. <laughs> He's already made plans, right? He's not going to even be in the country. Oh, shit. He's going to be out of the country? I thought he was, right? Ah, shit. Well, all right, then. (laughs) See you, Yeah. Well, Nate, we'll see you on the road, brother. Yeah. I hope you have fun wherever you're going. Heck, yeah. All right. We got two questions here from Instagram user Michael Hurt Hull. Uh, He asked, what are some trends in comics that you like, and how do you stay motivated on a long project? Uh... Comic trends that I like are uh, few and far between, I guess. Uh, yeah, no healthcare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really into like you know getting paid slave slave uh, labor rates for pages and stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Um, or just ended up in the negative from getting not paid. Yeah, yeah. That's also pretty sweet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm hoping for like some actual kind of union thing like outside of the image stuff or just like i don't know just some kind of like actual acknowledgement of comics as an industry you know instead of just like oh no that's just uh it's just artists drawing stuff right but i don't know like i i like the trend of independent artists like getting a shot like uh noah bailey was on a wonder woman book recently and he's like a favorite cartoon, like a modern cartoonist. He's a boyish death tribe on, on Insta for anyone listening along. But yeah, yeah, his, his work's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's like super dope. And like, I just love seeing him doing stuff anywhere in print, really. And, uh, you know, seeing like Andrew McLean kind of like come up from Headlopper and start to get some like chances on some other like random stuff is like fun. And, as far as like long projects and stuff goes, I uh, I don't really have any long projects. I feel like I uh, I don't really have the the endurance for it. I, don't know, I was listening to one of the, your your guys's uh, maybe it was a Patreon episode or something, but JB, you were talking about uh, getting like burned out on comics and doing like short toy strips or something, and like that's that's the shit that I'm I'm actually like really into and kind of. The way that I I work is in like these smaller smaller batches that I'll just like hodgepodge together later, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think if you are going to do long form, you have to kind of build up to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm still gotta, not there. You got to walk before you run. Yeah, exactly. Right, and you're you're doing the smart thing. Yeah, you're doing these short, isolated stories, and then eventually, you know, when you are at that point where you're comfortable enough to, you know really dig in and do 40, 60, 80 pages and, you know, you'll be able to do it then. Yeah, once I have, like, something to say, I just feel like it's all... Right, right, right. Pocket musings or something. 
Yeah, that's another thing too, is like coming up with a story that really does extend that long instead of having something that is maybe 20 pages of content and then just stretching it out more than it should be, which is a lot of what I see. (laughs) So, Yeah. Yeah, so I guess another trend in comics is just like small stuff compiled into a big thing, you know? Yeah. Alrighty, next question came from Instagram user K Neil Art, or it's Kneel Art. Sorry, don't know exactly how to pronounce that, but they asked, should there be more comics podcasts? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, you know what? To like, hear us talk, man. Shit. Yeah. It's like you know, we're only going to do this shit until our Patreon falls apart, and then Gutter Boys <laughs> is over, folks. Um, so uh, it's right around the horizon, yeah. too. Um, but uh no i mean like the only comics podcasts i listen to are uh i listen to thick lines um yeah you know i'll put that on if i'm working i will listen to mex Tayo begrudgingly <laughs> if uh you know but besides that i mean like comics, seven hours to go yeah right uh comic books are burning in hell that was uh that's another good one but that one comes out like once a year now uh shout out tucker i know you listen uh <laughs> yeah. but um do you guys listen to uh make it and tell everybody Mm. Someone told me that uh, that's the like not to sound like an asshole here, but that's the podcast. Everybody's just like you all and make it and tell everybody are like the best comics podcast. Like that's oh, what shit. our messages say. Yeah. I've never listened to it, though. Yeah, there's there's one with uh, there's an interview with Tom Hart on there. That's like really fucking awesome. That's just about like, you know, drawing just to draw. And like Tom Hart is a great kind of uh, resource who also, I think, just moved to Providence um, from Gainesville. But he's just like, yeah. I've- Georgia or Florida? Uh, Florida. Okay. Like, he oh, okay, was doing okay. uh, Saw, the sequential artist workshop down there for a little bit. Okay. And I think he moved up here just to be, like, with his family or something. But he is very, like, transparent about just, like, he's like, I have no idea how to draw. Like, I can't, like, I tried to figure draw. I tried to, you know, I tried to get better. But, like, ultimately, I've just figured out kind of, like, what works for me and, like, have explored that and uh, just like really affirming kind of like you know just do it kind of talks and uh, the guy he interviews is like a really it's like a really good you know energy to like have bounce off of him but yeah I'd, I'd recommend I'd recommend that comfortably okay hell yeah alrighty so uh, yeah if you want to start your own comics podcast do it we're not bitter but uh, <laughs> there's just uh, yeah it's diminishing returns folks <laughs> Have you heard of uh, cartoonist Kayfabe? Uh, oh yeah, that's that's yeah, one. It's, yeah. it's run by the the by a black guy and uh, and Jim Rugg or something. I think I thought so. Jim Rugg yeah. was the black guy. Oh, Aphrodisia. that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> it's run by uh, a pedophile and um, <laughs> allegedly and the uh, and, and the Holocaust denier or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I, I don't. I shouldn't be throwing shade like this, but I don't know. <laughs> who cares? It's they don't listen. They have everything right? blocked. They don't listen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Honestly, honestly, Ed could probably say the N word <laughs> on one of his episodes, <laughs> and it would not do a fucking thing. Yeah. So, they, they, in fact, he would probably get more patrons. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. If that ever happened, I would just have to like spend a week at Nate's house in Pittsburgh and like find him and punch him in the mouth. <laughs> just camp out yeah, well, he, he, he already wrote it in the book so it's it's uh he wrote it in the yeah. four words so it, well, he's halfway he's, there he, yeah he's still got it coming but he, he definitely says it when he's rapping along <laughs> when he's singing in the car oh, oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's the loudest word he says when he's singing along you know it 
anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, next question is from a uh, past guest friend of the show, Mike Centeno. What's up, Mike? Uh, he asked, do you complete your Jason Stratham masterclass? <laughs> is that Jason Statham? <laughs> Yeah, the the Jason Statham masterclass. Uh, I have not, because to complete my Jason Statham masterclass, I would have to defeat and consume Jason Statham. Mm. But I'm close. I'm real close. Uh Does he actually have, like, I'm assuming this is some kind of inside joke, but does he actually have a masterclass? (laughs) No, we we were, it was a, this is an inside joke from the winter trip where uh, Mike Centeno and Mike Frey were just doing these, like, fucking perfect jason statham uh impressions <laughs> talking about his like master class and it's like just being awesome and like kicking ass and like oh it was it was fucking amazing i wish i like had recorded it but oh my god if anyone was to replace jason statham i would hope it would be mike centeno or mike Freyheit. <laughs> oh my god hell yeah that would that would be pretty good just, oh. i actually uh i recently my girlfriend's parents were over and they had us watch a, a 2015 movie, Spy. Have you heard of this? From wait, wait, Sandra Spy Bullock, kids? I think. <laughs> no, Sandra Bullock is not in this. No, it's it's uh, Jude Law. Uh, what I can't remember her name. She's from SNL. Oh, Jenny McCarthy uh, or Melissa McCarthy? Is that her name? She she was in that Ghostbusters remake that I like think tanked. So. Hang on, let me. I think this. I, I I can see the movie poster from uh, when I was working at the bookstore and we would get the dvd in all the time i think it's melissa mccarthy yeah it's melissa mccarthy yes it is her okay 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 okay. yeah 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 and it had jason statham in it but he plays like uh like an exaggerated version of himself so he's he's basically doing a parody of himself in in the in the movie so i imagine that uh you know, whatever the two mics were doing, it's probably similar to this. He talks about how how he he talks about how he's eaten so many computer chips that if he shat them all out, he could build an entire computer out of them. He talks about uh, dislocating both of his shoulders and popping them both back in and reattaching, having one of his arms ripped off and reattaching it with his other arm. Uh, just like yeah, yeah just banana shit exactly exactly hell yeah all righty well uh another hawking hills alum were you all in hawking hills what they call that retreat that you all went to uh yeah i think it was still in the hawking hills okay. i think we just had like a different cabin okay gotcha so uh another hawking hills alum uh ejoy mayor asked how did you come up with the idea for the batman bootleg with the fully erect dicks genius <laughs> Uh, well, that's the aforementioned bat book that I, uh, was talking about. And I mean, I, I came up with it just from, uh, from watching Bronson and, uh, between that and the expectation of Venom being a muscle sweller and the penis being a muscle or whatever, like I figured well, I'm, all right. I guess I'll start from the, the beginning here. I'm I'm doing a Batman 497 bootleg where uh, is this Nightfall? You know, yeah, okay, yeah. It's yeah, the yeah, issue yeah. where he gets his his back broken, and it's basically a direct cover of that issue, but just drawn better. 
because I fucking hate Jim Apparel's art. But um, <laughs> the other caveat is Bane is fully naked and fully erect the entire time after Hell he yeah. like gets juiced up. It makes yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's just a science. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it adds up. And, it adds up. Uh, no, the science checks out. I get it. And. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was working on that when I was up at Hocking Hills, and everyone was just like, "Oh my god! Like, why does he have a boner? Like, is he gonna like fuck Batman or something?" And I was like, "No, there's no no sex stuff. There's no like you know weird like rape stuff or anything. He's just like naked and presumably oiled up and just like kicking the shit out of Batman for 25 pages." And uh, everyone kind of like. Internalized that and the offer to do pinups to just like having a bunch of bat <laughs> pictures with like his penis out, which also rocks. And uh, I'm hoping that the uh, the fandom that made Batman Damned number one so successful will uh, show up to this one too. And yes, you know, oh yes. yeah, my millions yes, definitely bat dick fans. Yeah, there's only exactly. yeah that was just one dick. That was just one panel with dick. So if you have like multiple panels, oh, yeah. multiple pages of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a that's an instant sellout. Yeah. This thing is flopping around for at least twenty three of the twenty five pages, <laughs> <laughs> like fully yeah. like rock. So hard, this book just... is called Batman. Damn. <laughs> 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 it also makes sense because, like, you know, if you had like a giant roided out guy in a mask coming at you who's like fully naked with a huge erection, <laughs> you'd be terrified. Yeah, that's just scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Batman talks about how he dresses up as a bat to scare his, you know, the criminals or whatever. But like, if you're trying to scare people, you just fucking have your hog out. I mean, like that's terrifying. And then watching it grow when he pumps the venom into his body, like that's insane. I would, I'd piss myself. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully that's that's going to be coming out um, in the next like month or so. I have all the pinups. I have all the, I did like an epilogue for it so that the book itself wasn't shorter than the pinup gallery because the pinup gallery yeah. is fucking like 40 pages deep and, uh, just like escalated out of control after I started like asking people to do stuff. But, um, I think, you know, I'm either going to like collect it all into one just giant like 80 page thing or i'm going to uh make some of them into like variant covers and just have like 50 variant covers for this book oh shit just to like yeah. piss some people <laughs> off or something but i'm I'm still playing with with some uh format stuff hell yeah what do you think of my massive hog batman <laughs> <laughs> that scientist dude from batman and robin like his face just lighting up bane's dick just growing yeah. bigger <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Are you intimidated by my massive hog? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I realized after I was like done with that book, just kind of how long I've held that particular issue like in contempt because it's like one of the first comics I ever saw in like elementary school, and like the cover is awesome. And oh yeah, I just like came with a poster too. Yeah, and it was like the the level of gore in in that issue's cover like in my very young brain was just like through the roof and right, right. i was just like oh my god this is going to be the best most brutal fucking bat issue ever and uh i just like remember like opening it and being like what the fuck is this like this is <laughs> awful 
And, you know, that was me at fucking seven. So here I am 25, 26 years later, finally, like, exercising this fucking demon into uh, hopefully something that we can all enjoy. For sure. Or at least hold in further contempt for all the penises that are all over it. But we'll see. Definitely. You merely adopted Jelking. (laughs) (laughs) You thought the edging was your ally. (laughs) We definitely appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you and uh, get this book? Oh, um, I guess you can find me on Instagram at Alvstagram. I'll probably start doing like a rollout in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty much active exclusively on there um yeah yeah no thanks for having me on guys i i really appreciate you know you guys reaching out and you know listening to nate (laughs) on a a whim uh i know how hard that can be sometimes uh but no i i yeah i'm hugely hugely thankful hugely appreciative um and nate i love you yeah it'll be good to hang out so i look forward to meeting in real life and uh chilling in, uh, in a couple months man yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Mike we'll, we'll talk shit about Nate since he won't be <laughs> Patreon there. Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for listening as always, and uh, stay gutter. Stay gutter.